Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and this is on MTR Podcast. Today's guest is the owner of Pandora's Box Boutique, your one-stop shop for women's latest trends, jewelry, gifts, and accessories. Please welcome Monisha Phillips. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I, I try to do my intros. I try to make people like, yeah, I am that person. I try yeah, to do it no, in a way. <laughs> I try to do it in a way where people want to take that snippet of the podcast and put it in as soon as people come into their business. Yeah, no, I, I was going to ask. That was the, you're right. That's where my head was going. Like, oh, I need that. That's on my next. Oh, yeah. I need to use that on my next promo. That's fantastic. Um, so. Let's let's get into the kind of cursory for people that um, are uninitiated who may not know what um, Pandora's box is about, what you're about. But describe your work and your your background as a person in business and kind of in this creative space in Baltimore. Okay, well, I I am proud to say that I just celebrated last Saturday, 21 years of business. Congrats. And, um, you know, and I'm still learning every day because there's something new and there's the world changes as we know it all the time. But um, pretty much I initially started out as a consignment shop um, years ago, and that wasn't my end goal. Um, I that was an easier way for me to get into the business that I wanted to do. And it was actually cost effective at the time. Lots of work, though. Um, and I did really, you know, really, really well um, in it. But it was a lot of work. And that that was just where I wanted to start. So um, and then like two years later into it, um, I became or, you know, transitioned into full gifts, gift shop. Um, I initially started out a little whimsical and, you know, you could get gifts and jewelry for the family. And then as time changed, um, as I understood it, um, brands, your customers, as what I can see, your customers actually can determine your brand. And um, and then more of my personality started to um, mix. And then I really just really started to um, think about like where we were in the world and the things that I see every day. And I and I thought, you know, and I thought I could have a voice through to speak through my products. So once that came about and I realized this is what customers wanted, um, there was a part of of my personality, um, you know, kind of like, um, I'm, I'm definitely not an introvert. So, (laughs) um, and you know, like, I I feel like it it played off of my personality. Um, my personality worked well with the customers that were coming in that I was seeing and, and they wanted more, they wanted to see more of that. So that's how, um, that developed. So that's how Pandora's box kind of like made its story on its own with what the customers were looking for personality and what I saw in the world today. Um, what was going on happening around me, whether it's in the city or everywhere, I'm like, okay, so I can have products that can touch to our, speak to our customers, um, on an emotional level. And, um, and so here we are. So in, in that, like speak on the mission and, like you said, 20, 21 years. That is, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, I now I'm at, I'm at 13 in this little podcast space. Oh, so I'm catching up on you, but uh, 21 years, that's, you know, a lot of different things So we're talking like you've had, um, you've had things like 
like like uh, different things happen in terms of like um, the stock market, different things in terms of cultural changes um, and just population changes here and people's tastes have changed. Yeah. So definitely. like so speak on like maybe the mission of the boutique and how that has maybe changed over that time. Like, has that remained the same? And what is that mission? Um, well, the mission is always. Um, it, well, it's always empowerment before it was just. Um, I focus a lot, even in the store, I still focus a lot in women empowerment, but it's more or less about self-awareness, who you are and being able to speak your truth and who you are. And that's what I've always done as a young child. And that will always remain, um, one of the things, you know, um, being able to, to have self-awareness, um, cause that's important. And I think that was very, um, having awareness in general is what has sustained my business. Um, because there's something that's always going on. Our lives change. And because I'm able to, I feel like I'm able to adapt to the different changes. Um, and as we, as human beings, as life itself, I, I was able to sustain my business because I make products or whatever is going on, you know? Um, and that, that can speak to the customer. It's a gift, but it, when when we keep the customer in mind of what their needs are, it makes it a lot easier. Um, but yeah, I have I've re, I, I've gone through um, vandalism. I've gone through, um, you know, recently. You know, we've we went through the well years ago. Um, I survived. Well, initially surviving. Um, I downsized back in. I I want to say it was two thousand eight or two thousand nine when we had the whole real estate bubble and the recession. So my store was much larger. Um, initially I had furniture at the downstairs and upstairs I had um, gifts. It was set up like a gallery. And um, and so um, I, I could see the writing on the wall then. I was like, okay, I need to, I need to downsize. Um, yeah, I realized at the time that this is, you know, I don't, I don't want to be in one of those situations where it's going to be hard to pay for overhead and different things like that, because, you know, I want to have this large, beautiful store and I can see that times are changing. Um, customers are not going to have as much disposable income and no one is going to want to decide whether they're going to buy earrings or eat lunch for the week. So once again, those business decisions. So I downsized and became, I, I opened a smaller store, same neighborhood, same block, just a few doors up. But I said, I will just say just during the years of transitioning um, from a smaller space and, um, but my mission still remained the same, no matter throughout the changes. Um, I've seen lots of changes. Um, of course, things that are affected. Um, I think one of the one times I think it was very hard. It was during the Freddie Gray, um, during that time. Um, just, just seeing how the changes happened in the city and being a small business owner and the location and how that the, the triple down effect of that. Um, but I'm still here. I'm still here and not, you know, on a positive note, but I, I definitely know the transition, but through all of that, um, you know, always the mission remain the same. It's just, again, speaking through the products, um, speaking to my customers, um, building. And, and one of the things I wanted to build was community, um, from my store. And I think I've done really, really, done really, really well from building my own community, a customer base or relationships has always been important. So, so what I'm, what I'm hearing is 
like you have and it's it's a couple things that are running there you have that one thing that i think business owners and sustainable and business owners with longevity that have you're not letting your ego drive your business because i i've i've seen that are especially now right where COVID is around you need to be a part of the community and people are their businesses are closing and things are changing drastically but people don't want to let it go and don't want to adapt to what the current situation may be or what their customers tastes are changing to but you're adapting while keeping your mission in mind and building relationships and community yeah no absolutely um definitely for i think for any business you definitely have to remove the ego um and know that it's really not about you it's about who you're serving and how important they are to what your your to what your mission is together and um I'm sorry, what was the other part of the question? Well, it's just more of that 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 observation um of just just you're letting you're not letting the ego in through the back door when it comes to operating your business. You're adjusting as needed and still with your mission in mind. So, I think that's leading to that sustainability and that longevity you're having. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's speak about the inventory a little bit. So like, where are you buying your inventory? Where are you, you where are you obtaining your inventory? And um, what are the traits you look at when deciding what items gonna are gonna be in your boutique? Um. Well, I well, there are certain trade secrets secrets I'm not gonna say today, but. Oh, I'm taking notes. <laughs> Open in my store, Rob's Boutique, Rob's Box Boutique. Let's get it. <laughs> but um, I do so. Um, I look at a lot, a few things. So now I, I'm more or less on the side of, I create a lot myself. I work with other printers and vendors. I'll say, Hey, could we, you know, um, I had this in mind. Um, and then could, could we, because they're already, I work with so many different graphic designers now because they have their own businesses. And so it's nothing for me to say, Hey, I come up with an idea or something hit me, like whether what, what's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, and then I'll say, can we, you know, can we design this? Can we do this? Um, or I, a lot of now, since it's been so many years, a lot of um, artists have actually, they find me a lot, which I'm grateful makes my job a lot easier. I don't have to um, pave the payments any longer trying to find, you know, good artists and good designers, but they find me, um, whether it's from Etsy all around um, or out, out, you know, I take time out to actually search for who's up and coming, whether it's in Baltimore or any other state. Um, I'm constantly on the internet. I'm constantly looking through Etsy. I'm constantly, um, but even, even when they find me or I find them, the first thing, I don't care how cute or nice I think it will sell. I always go back to their story. The story is important to Mm -hmm. me. Um, so I read like, how did, you know, what was their beginnings? What made them get into what they're doing? Um, what do they stand for their mission? Um, how do they, you know, just whatever it is about them that I feel like it works is in line with Pandora's box. And that's how a lot of times the product is, you know, I'm not just selling stuff just to be selling it. Um, most of the, um, there's a story to be told, or there's a story behind the product. There's a human being behind this, these, these businesses. And that's important to me. Storytelling is, is very important. And I think there's, there's some overlap with how I approach doing this. Ultimately, 
I'm not selling something physically, but my product or my, my services, trying to sell these, these stories, these unique stories of artists and entrepreneurs and people contributing to the culture here, specifically in Baltimore, to try to change that narrative of we're a bad, st- a bad city, hard stop, move on to the next thing. And right. the, the thing that I look for in trying to tell these stories and trying to help tell these stories, facilitate telling these stories, um, is it what's the story? It's like I'm not going after someone with some clout. I'm not going after someone that has a good name or a big name or whatever. It's like, why like am I interested? That's that's like that first thing or what have you. Exactly. And then like go ahead and tell a story. You know, that's how that that thing kind of kind of operates, I think. Um, but if you're doing an interview or you're you're working with someone and bringing them in and the story's not that captivating, it's like, yeah, sure, this will sell, but I don't, I don't feel anything. And that's right. That's something I've heard from like an art an, um, an art curator. It's like, yeah, you may have all the technical skills in the world and may be great at what you do, but does your work speak to me? Is, uh, is that story that you're illustrating, however you do it, speak to me? And that's something that I think in having that person uh, de- describe it and now even listening to you, that's what I'm hearing of what, what's, what's longevity about, you know? What, what do you, in, what do you enjoy um, most about your work? Um, I, I enjoy most the, um, I, I enjoy most the relationships that I have built and the customers. Um, that's, that's so rewarding to me, you know, um, seeing customers, like, I feel like I build a customer base or building customers. There's customers that I've met when being a part, I feel like being a part of their story and being a part of their lives. I have customers who they have, you know, I met them on their first date and now they're married and now they have kids. And then there's like christenings and then there's their kids are going to school for the first. So being a part of their story, I love that, you know, um, and that's priceless. You can't, you can't buy that. You can't sell it. Um, and customers remember that and they appreciate that. So I love everything about the relationships that are being built, the community, the relationship. That's so, that's so important, especially in this day and days and time when we're, um, when I don't know, sometimes it feels like that's that's not important anymore. And, you know, going back to what you're saying about the cloud and what's popular, mm-hmm. you know, the human connection is everything. And, and we learned that during the pandemic, that how important that is, you know, and what's important. So I would say that is definitely that's real, that's most important to me. That's that's wonderful. As a, a business owner, frame it in, in this way, business owner and, and a creative, what makes Baltimore a, a great and unique place to, to be in business and to, to be in a creative? Um, well, I think Baltimore, um, we're a city um, that, um, that has, is rich in culture, um, authentic. We embrace small businesses. There's a lot of cities that do not. Um, there's a lot of cities you can go. There's not a lot of black owned businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in mind that we are, you know, that's definitely one of our approaches. Like we support small businesses and it's not just a saying, or it's not just that one Saturday, um, that one Saturday in November coming soon. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's, you know, it's become a part of our culture yeah. and, 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 and that's, 
I think we're good at that. I because I, I've gone to a lot of different cities and or customers come to me all the time and they could say, well, if you had this, if we could just pick your store up and put it in our city or and and not just me, but they they'll visit and they'll say, wow, they, we wish there was more small businesses. Um, definitely a lot of in their city, more small black businesses, because we definitely have a lot here in Baltimore. Um, but yeah, I think we're I think we're we're right on the we're we're doing well in that area. Um, whether it's supported, um, customer supported. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, I think that's a good area. I I agree with you. Um, I think, and and maybe this is, this applies, but I think even we have a lot of creative folks here that if you're trying trying to source locally, you, it's just like, you can stumble over an artist and it's like, oh, hey, you do great work. And it's like, well, all of you do great work. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's a that's a big piece of it. And I think, it, I remember it was a conversation I was having the other day and we were looking at like, kind of how to maybe change or turn some of the gears to to help certain areas or certain parts of the community here that aren't in the best shape. And I think as you're touching on the, the business community is in especially the small business community and even more microly speaking, the black small business community is doing our all right and doing well in spite of some of those barriers that are there. They are working and saving themselves and not waiting for whether someone from the city level or someone from the state level, you know, Lord forbid, come and try to help us out. It's like, no, we're figuring it out and doing it on our own. So catch up. I feel like that's a big piece of it. Absolutely. And that's, I think, within what we do here, like you touched on just that authenticity here. We're, we're, we're real here. And I, I think additionally, um, it's very DIY here. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. It's like, oh, you want a store? Sure. This is what you need. <laughs> or it's like, because I know down there, it's like like farmer's markets and all of that. And um a few of the guests that I've had on this podcast, I saw them at the farmer's market the first time just going down there or even the coffee shop. Just it's different pockets that have cool, small businesses there. And I think when you run into um, other places, other other cities, it's like, yeah, just a small business district. We have multiple ones. We do. We ha- I mean, they're and I'm still learning and I'm finding them every day myself. I'm like, oh, I didn't know this existed, <laughs> you know, Um we do. And, and that's what I love about the, the whole grind of it all and the, the hustle mentality and just, uh, um, you know, we're, we're putting in work, we're getting it done. I love the farmer's market, mm-hmm. um, great things. And, and not only just we have businesses, but it's good stuff too. You know, like there's people can have businesses every day, but is it stuff that you, like you were saying, do we want it? Do we like it? Is it good quality? Yeah. You know, but no, it's good stuff. All right. I have two more questions before I get to my rapid fire question. Um, so this one, like, let's see, um, what would you say the, in the biggest area that you've grown as an entrepreneur since opening your shop? The biggest area, um, automation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Automation and knowing that although I'm capable of doing a lot of things. I can't do everything. So delegation too. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so yeah. So automation and delegation. That's yeah. Um, I have definitely grown in those areas. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely automation and delegation. It, it, it just makes sense. I mean, especially if you want to grow your business 
it just really makes sense. And I think what comes with it is after, after you've done it in anything, I think that you're doing, if you do it enough, you learn how to do it that you can train someone else or tell someone else or write mm-hmm. a script or whatever it is to program it and right. be able to hand that off, whether it be like, just think of some of the stuff that's on social media. Now it's just like, oh, you perform these actions all the time. We're just recording the action, like a macro. We're just recording the right. action that you're doing. And now boom, it's an app or whatever it is. So I think mm-hmm. when we have the resources and we're able to have people around us. And I think because of the the some of the, hiring issues that are happening now and the employment issues that are happening now some people who didn't have that uh, that opportunity to really program things out and automate things they're 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 in trouble they're they, they're in a spot and that's like nationally i believe you know right it's like it takes too much like for instance food service you need people to serve. We don't have robots yet. We can't just like, oh, come and get your food. Right. You know, it's like get your water refill. It's like, what am I? I want a tip though. Nah, nah, who cares? <laughs> so there's just certain industries that you can't really do that. But when you're fortunate enough to be in an industry that this can get better, we can reduce these times. You can do, reduce these lead times. You can reduce um, how long it takes for us to get a product from another place or curate a certain thing or how quickly we can do our, um, our books, whatever the, the situation is, if you're able to automate that, it frees you up. And if you're able to delegate it, it frees you up to do interviews, exactly. interviews with podcasters. <laughs> uh, so this is the last question. Now this is where it starts to get weird. I'm going to let you know. Uh, and, okay. and I've changed this question because you, you were, you were doing a little too well. I like, I like to put, I like to put entrepreneurs in the hot seat a little bit. Okay. Um, what are the last three emojis you've used? Ooh, um, the last three emojis I used was the hands that go up. The I, I don't know what that's the yes those, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that one. Um, what else? I just I just did um today. So I did the hands. I did the bug eyes, <laughs> like the two eyes. Yeah. And what else did I use? I think. Oh, I just did like the um. Was it the and I think today I just do, I did a smiley face. Okay. Those are the last three. Well, I mean, that, that's usually indicative of what someone's personality type is. It's like, yes, <laughs> smiles. So I'm always yeah, like yeah. this. <laughs> Minds are never good. It's just always demon faces of difference. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, this sucks. Uh. All right. So now that we've, we've got that, that's, that's a primer, right? It's, you know how you do like one of those tests and it's like, here's a sample right. question. <laughs> All right. So here's my rapid fire questions. Uh, okay. So the rapid fire questions, this is a new segment I'm trying to get over. Uh, Essentially. I like it. Well, thank you. These are just questions that don't really require any additional context. If you want to provide context, that's fine. But you can just say the answer is the answer. I said what I said. All right. I like that. I mean, that's what rapid fire is supposed to be. Yeah. I almost want to throw it in there. I sound a bite like. Who gonna check me? Like I want that to be a part of right. No, absolutely. Yeah, you should. You should. You should. I think you absolutely should because it is. I said what I said. You know, we should. We, you know, no is no is a sentence. Right. You know. Right. Uh, favorite flower. Hydrangea. Okay. Uh, Go to souvenir. Let's say you're traveling and you want to bring something back for someone. What's that souvenir that you're oh, gonna get? Oh, magnet always. Magnet or shot glass for me. Yeah. I, a, I know a lot of people who love to drink. So. Yes. And I got, I, although I sell lots of shot glasses all the time, yeah. but um, I'm always a magnet person on my refrigerator right now. Like every place I've ever traveled, there's a magnet on the side. 
Um, so yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I like magnets. Then I, I, that's, that's always my souvenir choice. Then I know what I'll be sending you after this podcast, some magnets. <laughs> Uh, cause I have magnets with this, this cartoon on it is behind oh, me. Yeah, so, yeah. No, totally. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Black or white? Black. That's dope. Uh, <laughs> what would you do with your 15 minutes of fame? This podcast oh is going to help everyone be famous. That is the goal. Except for me, I ain't going to be me. All of you can wear your gold color suits. Well, your gold suits, rather, just suits made out of gold. I will be just here, humble Rob in Baltimore. But when you get your 15 minutes of additional fame, you know, what, what's going to happen here? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm stumped on this one. Um, I mean, I'm going to always... See, I don't... That's a tricky one, because I'm going to always be... one. I'm going to always show up as 100% me. Yeah. So the 15 minutes of fame, I don't know. I'm knowing me because I'm always like I'm thinking about business and stuff. Yeah. I know I'm gonna plug myself again. I'm gonna plug Pandora's box. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna it's gonna be business yeah, yeah, yeah. as usual for me. Yeah. This like I don't know if that answered the question. No, it is. It's like this is But it, it's still gonna be business for usual for me. This is a marketing opportunity. <laughs> yes, no, definitely. I I I, I can't imagine what I would. Yeah, it. it yeah, it's going to be it's going to be business for me. Business as usual for me. I dig it. Last question. Last of uh, the rapid fire questions. Um, <laughs> when are you at your most productive? Is it the morning, evening? Is it after you take a shower? Is it after a run? When, when are you at your most productive? When do your ideas come to you? Late at night. Mm -hmm. I work late, like 2 a.m., um, I will wake up and <laughs> get a glass of water or go to the bathroom uh, and think about something. And I will always like, even right now, yeah. this is always with me. Yeah, yeah. I will write something down in thought, you know, I, I, yeah. So I would say late at night. Mm -hmm. Cause that's, that's when I'm most productive. Cause that's when I can think clearly. I feel like the day has settled down. Well, actually it's the next day, but um, the day has settled down. My phone's not ringing. Um, I'm not answering any emails. It's quiet. And my mind can rest. I, I get you. Yeah. And I can think. So I think I'm most productive. And I think the backup to that, most productive when I am challenged. That's legit. I think... Um... I think when you're challenged, uh, you're able to think about things in a different way. And I think because I'm, I'm similar, I think um, I keep a notepad with me at all the times. So, um, I think when <laughs> when I'm not locked into something and, and it may be late at night or something along those lines. But um, if, if I'm not locked into something, I'm able to take a moment. Sometimes I might have to do a little bit of a meditation to try to reset. Mm -hmm. I, it unclogs where I'm kind of stuck in, in, in a thought like, okay, what should I add here? What should I take out here? How can I do that? That's an interesting observation. That's a joke. That's kind of funny. When I'm going to watch this movie, all of these different thoughts flow. But when you have a, a step away from that, Oh, I should interview this person. Let me reach out for this person. And you're able to be a little bit more productive and right. I'm able to generate lists. That's the thing that helps me the most. That's good. Uh, that's all the questions that I had. So I want to give you the opportunity to plug anything that you want. Uh, store, website, social media, all of that <laughs> stuff. But thank you, Monisha. This has been wonderful. 
No, thank you. Well, again, I'm Onisha, um, owner of Pandora's Box. I'm located at 50 East Cross Street, um, Pandora's Box, um, and 50 East Cross Street um, in Federal Hill. I will say to everyone, due to supplies being limited and the mails being slow, get those. If you are shopping for the holidays, whichever holiday you celebrate, um, get it early because you know, gifts are not promised <laughs> this year. <laughs> we are feeling the effects truly of the pandemic now. Yeah. Um, supply chains, delivery, um, staffing issues, you name it. The effects are here. So, and come shop with us. <laughs> and uh, what's the website? Oh, so you can um, find a lot of our items. Um, um, 85% of the store is online. So you can, um, it's pandorsboxboutique.com. Manisha Phillips, thank you so much. Um, I'm Rob Lee. You. Oh, you're welcome. I love this interview. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did it. Uh, I'm, I mean, it, 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 this actually was a conversation. Thank you that's for making like, me feel better. That's the way I like to frame them. So from Anisha Phillips of Pandora's Box Boutique, I am Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just have to look for it. <laughs> <laughs>